0: The following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca.
1: Following a review which I just did now in my head, the call on the show stands. Penalty to the host of the Advocate podcast for producing an opening sketch that probably isn't going to be all that funny.
2: Really, Ref? You're going to call that? I mean, the show has barely started.
1: Yeah, I know, but I wanted to give a penalty to the host before we got too much into the first interview.
2: Okay, by the way, you left your mic on, so everyone just heard you, and um, you do know that you're the host of the Advocate podcast, right?
3: Oh, (laughs) sh.
1: know what we're satirizing there, right? The NHL ref who uh, forgot his mic was on, and while it was on, he admitted to handing out a penalty that wasn't really a penalty per se. Well, if not, you can pause here and Google it. Okay, you're back. My name is Denny Gringale. Thanks for being with us for episode 28 of the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. And what a great show we have. The CMHA's Jack Veach offers tips on how vaxxers and non-vaxxers can get along after the shot is offered, and sometimes refused. When shutdowns discouraged us from leaving home, Baker Michael Durand brought his goods to us. We got croissants at the door, and he got something too. Sharon Robbins tells us about a feature article she helped write for the April edition of the Advocate magazine. I visit a recording studio in Lindsay, good enough for grown-ups, but designed with kids in mind. But first, what every podcast needs, and I'm serious here, donkeys. Let's go meet the uh, boy and girl, or the girls, or?
3: Uh, mostly girls.
1: Most, mostly, so there's more than two. Well, look. Oh my goodness.
0: We have seven donkeys, a hinny, and a horse.
1: It's donkey heaven, Nancy.
0: Let <laughs>
1: For more than a few years now, newly retired high school teachers Pam and Wally Kukabucker have welcomed unwanted donkeys into Ting and Company. That's their homestead near Bob Cajun. You see, people often get donkeys thinking they'll be low-maintenance animals and maybe even pets, but donkeys are misunderstood. They need care and love and lots of attention. And when that reality sets in, they want to ditch, said Donkey. If those donkeys are lucky, they end up under the guardianship of the all round kind and giving people, Wally and Pam. The
0: first donkey we got came with a name, and we already had a goat named that, so we switched the name to Cinnamon. And, uh, can I
1: know what the name of the goat
0: was that you couldn't Rosie, Rosie.
1: Rosie. So you you, you had two rosies. So we
0: switched it, right? It was our first donkey, Cinnamon. She's kind of that color. And then of course, five, six years later, the kids who owned this donkey come to Weldon and were so mad at us that we had changed their donkey's name. (laughs) Every time we talked about the donkey with them, we had to try to remember to call her Rosie.
3: So, As, uh, so so, this is Burrito. He just arrived a year ago. Yeah,
0: right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah,
3: and he's six years old, and he's half donkey, half horse, and he's called a hinny, and he's wild. He has never been really handled by anyone, so it's taken us a long time, and we can now touch his head and his neck, and that's it. And that's
1: it. What's that like, like when you reach that moment, when you when you can lift, literally break that, that invisible barrier, when you can touch them? Oh, it's well, incredible. Yeah, it's amazing,
0: yeah. and we have so far to go. He's thrown our world completely upside down because he attacked our horse, but he's not gelded, so we still have to have that happen, but we can't find a sedation our vet can't find a sedation strong enough to put him out to do it so our vet bought a tranquilizer gun and we tried that and he was still fully aware
3: so we've so heard we, that we're in touch with the african lion safari he is and yeah. he's getting something that would take down a rhino
1: so who's who's this here
3: this so is this, huey. huey yep and we got him
0: uh 2007 i think
1: just eating a mint right out of your hand. Yep. Okay, that's an actual crunching sound. I'm not adding it <laughs> in afterwards. There's, there's, no. there's no production in that. That's purely...
3: Yeah, well. so Huey, um, just to kind of describe him, he's. we got him with this kind of leg that's all crooked. And I guess when he was a baby, we don't know exactly his story, but he, he must have had someone break it. Maybe his mother rolled over on him when he was a baby and broke his leg and it was never set properly, and he's 25, 24, 24 Mm -hmm. 24 Mm -hmm. now, and we're trying to find some sort of prosthesis that we can help him kind of walk a little better, but we just had him x-rayed a week ago, and all his bones are pretty straight and strong, so we were worried that he might slip on the ice and break his leg, and then that would be the end of his life, Um, but he's got strong legs, so maybe we can help him walk a little better and not be in any opinion? but he doesn't care. <laughs> it's it's we'll come what, home and he'll yeah. be in
0: the forest wandering around he's like
3: what's wrong? What it's, do you mean there's something wrong? It's all he knows is is yeah. this leg so and it is quite crooked and we have people stop and say you've got a, a donkey with a broken leg but it's not broken <laughs> it's just very twisted. You and I have um have have worked
1: with each other before um, Wally, so you know I'm I'm ever the hardcore journalist. So here's my uh, my uh, my question, which I I labored over. Why, why, why <laughs> what draws two people, uh, especially now in retirement, to to donkeys? You can't even cuddle up to them uh, in front of the fireplace like a dog mm-hmm. or a cat. So what drew you to to donkeys?
3: Right. Well, Pam will tell the story. Yeah. I got, got a call from my chiropractor of all things. And, uh, well you there's, can your, there's your gateway. There's your don- <laughs> gateway right there.
0: We had a horse. We had May our horse and he called in one night and he said, um, I have a family they, that I know they need to get rid of their donkey. Would you take a donkey because you have a horse? And, and I could hear what he was saying and I'm like, say yes, say yes. And he hung up the phone. He said, I didn't know you wanted a donkey. And I said, neither did I. So we had a donkey. We got Cinnamon, our first donkey, and we treated her like a horse. And we learned that she's not a horse. And we learned they can live to 50. Horses can live to 30. So then people started coming to us saying, oh, you've got a donkey. Would you take this donkey? Would you take this donkey? Would you take this donkey? And so we have accumulated donkeys.
3: Like anyone's collection, I guess. Yeah. And we
0: will spend our retirement looking after them. (laughs) Yeah,
3: because it'll it'll take our whole life to to see their lives through, right? Now, you giggled at that notion there, Pam,
1: but uh, <laughs> was it a sinister laugh or, a, or, no. or, or an appreciative laugh or i am I'm looking I'm-looking-forward-to-it kind of laugh? Well,
0: both, I think, but we, um, one of the donkeys we rescued was pregnant, so we've had a donkey born here. So Did we, you know she was pregnant at the time? No, no. And our vet
3: didn't know either.
0: We, we helped her give birth here and Ting's still here and we'll be 50, or we'll be 50, we'll be 100 slinging bales.
3: Well, I think we were very excited, but we were also... I don't know we were we were unsure of what we were doing but the excitement carried through so that's Mm -hmm. that's what made it happen we have the space we have the barn we have the facilities to take animals in so but there's also the time
1: there is the time time. yeah
3: yeah for sure but but think about what they give us because i mean during the pandemic everyone's getting a dog and wanting to go outside well every day we have to go out twice a day to feed the animals and care for them and they love to be handled and touched and they also have these incredible stories that we don't know about but we see the scars on their nose or on their side and we see that they've had some life experience we also know that when we get a new donkey we can't really you know tell its its behavior right away they tell us by showing us if we move too quickly then they run away and so i mean for example we have a mammoth donkey and is that the one over there? Yeah, the one over there, Silver. And, uh, Milton. Yeah, Milton. When he came here, he was so scared of himself, and we realized that humans, being around large animals, their first reaction is to, to lash out, to control them. And so he must have been beaten, and when we came near him, he just ran away all the time, and it took us two years of love and caring to bring him so that we mm-hmm. could you know, work on his feet touch him and and know that he's he's being cared for and loved Mm -hmm.
1: you're both clearly very gentle people but I want to know what those two years were like because even the most gentle of souls will get frustrated Mm -hmm. and tired never you're not no no
0: it's interesting with him because we knew he wanted to be loved he was terrified but he so wanted us so it was it was really beautiful working with him because at the beginning he was in his stall and I would go in to clean and I'd be okay, Milton, I am terrified of you. You are terrified of me. So I'll stand in this corner and I'll sweep and you stand in that far corner and then Did I'll you literally to... say that? Yeah. Did you talk oh, to them? Yeah. Had, yeah, yeah. 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 And then I'd move to the next corner and he'd move to that corner and I'd sweep and that was how we did our thing. And it was, I never got frustrated with Milton ever.
3: Yeah. Now I will say, Maybe not frustration, but he did teach us a lot about patience as well, right? That you've got to move slow, that you can't walk up as you would to someone and say hi and shake their hand. You have to be, you know, 10 feet away. Okay, that's it for today. Now eight feet the next day. Maybe we'll take three steps back the next day. So it's kind of a a dance, right?
1: Can you take me back to one of those moments when you had like just a, a day at work? that was exhausting, maybe the weather wasn't great, you had to drive home through the snow, you finally got here, and then you got the donkeys.
3: Well, I think for us, we always have to feed them before we feed ourselves, so it's always this kind of generosity thing, this giving thing. It's sometimes hard in the middle of winter to get up in the early morning, and we were getting up at five in the morning before we went to school to to care for the animals.
1: Did you ever resent them at all?
3: Um, There's times when you get out of bed, but I don't think you resent them because you know how much they need you to to be fed.
0: I think it's probably, we've never had children, but I think it's probably like, it's your turn to get up. No, it's your turn (laughs) to get up. Like, I think it's... Some mornings it's that kind of thing. It's like, who's going to go out and, f- and feed the donkeys? <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I do have children, yeah. and I can tell you this sounds a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it, ne- it will never end. Your kids typically will leave home. <laughs> These guys are never leaving home.
3: Yeah, and I think it's the rule of the, of the farm too, right? Things need to be done in their time. You can't just leave them. So it creates a rhythm that, that really has grounded us. Mm-hmm. They want to be fed and rubbed. You know, and, and be warm, and and if they they're hurt, they need to be to be looked after that way. So there's a, it's it's a simple list kind of, but it's also a deep list, I think. Yeah. All of
0: all of our students knew about the donkeys like completely, and we had. Um, oh,
3: I knew about you and the donkeys
0: <laughs> before I even
1: knew what your names were. All I knew are there were the, we the, the, the donkeys. this couple from Weldon High School. They have donkeys. Donkeys,
0: right? We had a student here a couple weeks ago dropping off something, and she was in my class when Ting was born the the baby and uh, she still remembers that and she actually bought a thing that we had that had all the donkeys names on it because she loves our donkeys so much just from being in our classrooms it's pretty cool Mm -hmm.
3: hi i'm wally kookabucker
0: hi i'm pam kookabucker and you're listening to
3: the advocate podcast
0: stories from Kawartha lakes
1: caring for donkeys does not come cheap you can help Pam and Wally with your donations and find out more about their Adopt-a-Donkey program by visiting tingandcompany.ca. Yep, it'll be great when we can all gather around the dinner table again with family, friends, friends of family, and, and we're getting there. We have to be patient. I'm wondering if you, like me, have imagined what those conversations might be like, because uh... Let's face it, uh, we all have experience with avoiding those elephants in the room. Politics and politicians come to mind as one of those potentially incendiary topics, but we always manage to get past it, right? Make it to dessert without bringing it up. But this time around, this is bigger than politics. How can those who got the shot reconcile with those who insisted on not getting the shot? Jack Beach is the Manager of Communication, Engagement and Education for the Canadian Mental Health Association in Lindsay. He joins me now. Jack, uh, in your experience in listening to conflict between parties and the stress it causes, how large does this one between the pro and con vaccination camps, how how large does that one loom in your opinion?
4: Well, I think not even just for me, but for people internationally. This is a question of, of health and safety and I, I think our world has changed pretty dramatically over the past twenty or twelve months,, I should say. and uh, now that we have that sort of that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel where we can see that there's potential change and, and hope, um, that there might be those that would uh, oppose that, I'm sure for many can be really frustrating. but uh, I, i'm I'm just
1: curious how do uh, how do people get past that? you know they, because there will be family gatherings when it's deemed safe, possibly as soon as this summer. Um, people who haven't been able, as you mentioned, to share physical space for a long, long time. What would you tell that person from either camp in preparation for that inevitable meeting? Do you just avoid the topic completely or how do you psych yourself up for that?
2: Well,
4: uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's it's fair for me to say in and, and full disclosure, and I think in the organization that we would be uh, encouraging both Uh, our our staff and and those members of our community to vaccinate like that is where we see sort of the medical evidence and what's being recommended and and again it's something personally that i would hold as a value as well it's something i i personally looking forward to what we would encourage about even in the realm of just healthy communication what we know is when we engage these conversations from a position of conflict uh starting arguments and trying to more definitively prove our points it's actually not only is it uh ineffective it it hurts both parties so if I had someone with an opposing viewpoint of my own, say on the vaccination, for me to be constantly hammering that person with, well, here's the research and the facts and the evidence, and this is why you're wrong. We talk about polarities and understanding, essentially all I'm doing is clearly illustrate for that person, perhaps why they just disagree with me even more I and mean, creating that room for conflict. So instead, what we try to encourage is finding sort of common ground in those understandings. So, you know what, you, you tell me that you may not want to believe in X, Y, or Z, for the following reasons. And I hear in that, that you really care about the health and wellness of you and your community. I hear that you really care about people wanting to be well and making sure people have proper information. And I think we both agree on that. We want people to be well and healthy. And what we want to encourage you to do is encourage those people to seek out multiple sources of information. Are you getting information from trusted sources? Are you sort of streamlining your viewpoint or are you open to hearing other viewpoints? So A, encouraging person to seek out new sources and valuable sources and alternative sources and not having sort of a streamlined or narrow approach to it, to viewing the topic. Well, it's safe to say we're, we're, we're in
1: that same camp. I'm just curious how you, how people like you and I will deal with that situation, whether it's a family gathering, you're, you're just finally seeing friends for the first time and you've been vaccinated, you know, they haven't, there's going to be some tension there. So what would you suggest to me or, or the other person to just get
4: past that? It's always easier said than done with things like that and I think that it's important to acknowledge and I think that this is very valid that there are certainly valid reasons where someone may not be um, most ready to to receive the vaccine. For health concerns there might be certain and again I think that population might be smaller and I'd rely on our medical professionals to to determine who would be best or most appropriate to receive the vaccine. Uh, For those that might for health reasons be um, not the best suited to receive it, I think honouring that and not sort of being sort of angry or frustrated with that person. But again, I wanna come back to conversations on common ground and sharing information. If we, coming at things from a point of confrontation and arguing and trying to, to create sort of prove myself right, I'm not gonna be as successful. If I can try to meet a person, help me understand why you believe we believe I'll sort of share my information with you. And I wanna encourage you to take some of the information and do more research and do more sort of exploring to find uh, this is not works best for you. And, and again, at the end of the day, it's just like you've acknowledged in the, I can never control the actions or behavior of another. I could come up with the most compelling argument. I could listen to your podcast to me and have the evidence so plainly laid out in front of me that this is a decision that should be made. And I can still decide to do whatever I want.
1: Is there any merit in in that conversation of just saying, "Look, we're not going to agree on this. Hey, let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk <laughs> about uh, our favorite foods." Is that even possible, or will it always be kind of looming?
4: How about this? I can tell you what I've even said to someone in my own circle, my own people that I care about very much. You know what? I love you. I love you very much. And I want you to be safe and healthy. Let's both agree that uh, we want to get through this together. uh, And I want to see the best for you and your family. And even just sort of let's let's go on and let's let's stay with what we can connect on that. We both care about each other very much. We want to be well. So maybe just sort of focusing on our commonalities and again, focusing on the messages that you're hearing from that person that you can sort of pull as positive.
1: It's really a lot about forgiveness and just acceptance, I guess. And, and, uh, and, and getting off of our, I'm going to speak of myself or getting off my high horse. I guess
4: there's a natural inclination and I'm as guilty as anyone of not only, uh, to be right, but to prove that I'm right. And I mean, wh- why am I doing that? Or who am I doing that for? Is that to help this person or is that for myself? Because I cannot leave this table until I hear that, you know, I'm right. Who does that benefit? as opposed to here's you know what let's talk about it here's the information i encourage you to make a decision based on well-rounded evidence and maybe just avoiding it completely or just agreeing to avoid it is there some merit in that i, I would encourage if it's constant conflict again maybe it's not a topic we engage in
0: my name is riley ray from wards lawyers in lindsay your official sponsor of the advocate podcast stories from Cortha lakes
1: We love hearing from you here at the Advocate Podcast. You can reach us by going to our Facebook or Twitter page. You can also follow us on Instagram. And uh, you know what? Tell the world about us, or at least your neighbors here in Kawartha Lakes. All of our previous shows are available to stream and listen to for free. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are part of the Lindsay Advocate magazine and 100% local media with 100% local contributors like Sharon Robbins. Sharon is a retired LCVI teacher and a member of the Kawartha Lakes Health Coalition. Sharon joins me now. Uh, Sharon, what inspired the piece that you and your members worked on for the April edition of the magazine?
2: The Kawartha Lakes Health Coalition is very concerned about problems that have um, come to light, let's say, during the pandemic. And they're systemic problems, we think, in long-term care. We're talking about staffing shortages, budget cuts, undervalued staff in those buildings. Um, In the particular case of the pandemic, access to PPE. uh, And and really, I think it boils down to inconsistent care across the province. Some long-term care facilities have terrific care for the residents. Others are struggling. The article was part of a strategy to bring attention to some possible solutions, I guess, to the inconsistent care in long-term care homes. And But we also wanted to encourage people in our community to advocate for change. I mean, City of Kawartha Lakes is not immune to this kind of problem.
1: And what kind of things will I read in the article that will, will explore this?
2: Well, I think that they're going to read, first of all, about some of the problems that long-term care uh, homes have been facing. But then they're also going to read about uh, the proposed solution that not only the Ontario Health Coalition, but many progressive advocate, advocacy groups in Canada are proposing. And it's a nation, nationwide strategy. And I, I think that they'll um, come to understand some of the needs in long-term care homes and uh, what we think the strategy can do to make things better.
1: Let me ask you, Sharon, in, in this whole process, and I know you worked with other people on this piece as well. What did uh, What did you personally learn in in, in researching and writing this?
2: Well, I think, you know, as as someone who is a 96-year-old mother um, who uh, needs a lot of care, uh, um, I was shocked, I think, to find out about the discrepancies between care homes. I was shocked to learn the actual statistics about the number of seniors that have died as a result of COVID. And I think that in general, I, I didn't really think about the kind of needs that people have in long-term care and how challenging it can be to provide those, to satisfy those needs.
1: And now you've uh, you've able to take all that information and um, and provide it to the readers.
2: We hope so. They'll have to read it though in the newest edition.
1: You can pick up the brand-new copy of The Advocate magazine, which features that story by Sharon Robbins, at the Country Cupboard in Fenland and the brand-new Shop and Save in Kinmount. You are listening to episode 28 of The Advocate podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. My name is Denny Grigno, and here's a name you'll want to remember— that of our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. When you're looking for a lawyer for any legal need, as I was recently when I needed guidance before I signed a huge contract for a performance thing, Carissa and Jason Ward and their team have you covered. Find them at wardlegal.ca. When Mikael's Bakery opened its doors in Lindsay a few years back, how many of us drove by that shop slowly with the windows rolled down so the smell of well goodness and warmth wafted in (sighs) and then that thing happened about a year ago which limited those opportunities but owner and baker Michael Durand simply got in his vehicle to bring that smell and the wonderful stuff from whence it emanated I did use that correctly right anyway he brought all of his goods to us and by us, I mean not just those in Lindsay Proper, but all those far-reaching nook and crannies across the Lakes. Michael Durand joins me on the line now. Michael, uh, deliveries weren't exactly part of your original business model. So tell me about not only taking
5: that on, but doing it so ambitiously. I knew that if I wanted to keep some sales, I would have to reach uh, my uh, my customers and And I started uh, just um uh, doing deliveries in town uh, in Lindsay. Uh, it, it got very, very busy, and um were you the one doing the deliveries Mikhail? Actually, uh, for the first two or three weeks, uh, I was baking at night and delivering the afternoon. That was very long days because I mean, at that point we didn't know uh, 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 how, how contagious was uh, the virus and things. so I was actually operating all by myself for. Okay, Four,
1: so tell, or two or three weeks. Tell me what that was like. You're you're in the you're in the kitchen baking for a big part of the day and then you're hopping in your car and making those deliveries. What were those drives
5: like for you in the in the early going? Well, in the early going, actually the van was totally full and the addresses in 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 Lindsay. I didn't have any tools to build the routes. It was uh, I mean so many times actually I did drop off the wrong uh, delivery. I mean, at first day, had job, off a couple of times, wrong delivery, the wrong address, and you have to go back to the the other part of time town. It was um, it was a uh, it was a very uh, um, a very big
1: challenge. Yeah, because you're you're really a baker and a business owner. I'm sure having to take on delivery was something that you kind of took a step back and went. Uh, this is going to be a well. Tell me about that. What was it like being knowing that this is not what I signed up for when I opened a store in Lindsay?
5: Mm, I think. No, I think I, I always wanted to do that anyway. So actually, I seized the opportunity. I, I saw it coming a long time ago, uh, and uh, there was not necessarily a need. So when it, when that happened, uh, I, I jumped on it. I didn't. I didn't think twice. And the beauty of it, uh, I, I'm not. The, I'm not very good at remembering, um, remembering names or. Or even people technically because I'm too busy in my uh, baking sometimes but this uh, experience of delivering to people has been amazing because now I know pretty much every single name last name addresses of all my customers really and that could not that could not have happened in a different uh, model
1: this gave you an opportunity to actually meet your customers face to face what w- what was that like to actually get to know the people who were consuming your products and hear their reaction to to the baked goods
5: that was very rewarding yeah, they were very rewarding and um it it, it was actually one it, I think in the end it's going to be uh, one of my favorite experiences as a baker. It's a funny thing. I mean, I did I try many things, but here uh, uh with this now I got such contact with each customers and I know exactly what they like and we don't we don't have ups, ups and downs in terms of uh, traffic. You know, let's say uh it's snowing, let's say uh there's a lockdown, let's say there's um, constructions on the road. This, that doesn't affect us at all.
1: So I, I have to ask, because I, I know my own wife, who's a, a big fan of your uh, baked goods. She's the kind of person who would want to be able to talk to you when you arrive, just to, underst- to, to learn a little bit more about what goes into the baking. Are you, are you finding that with your customers, that they don't just take the order, but they actually want to stop and chat with you?
5: That was the thing I will say, actually, uh, the first lockdown, uh, you know, it was spring, early summer. And then actually that was a, uh, Perfect I mean I will I will I didn't ne- I never spent so much time talking to my customers but when I was delivering, <laughs> I would drop off the box at the from the at the front door, I will step back and then we will have a little chat and that never happened uh, never had the chance to do that much before I get the sense michaela this is
1: something that will stick around it's not just um you know you hear so much about businesses talking about hey we've pivoted and then we'll go back to normal once everything is back to quote unquote normal. I get the sense you're you're going to continue with this.
5: Oh yeah, it's going to be at least uh, for the years to come. At least fifty um, percent uh, of our, uh, our our business. So, how, uh, how many drivers do you have helping you out? Right now, we have two, two uh, pretty much uh, yeah, two drivers a day, huh. two vehicles. Yeah, and actually, that was a very good experience for me to drive around. Let me ask you about
1: that because Kawartha Lakes is a big area, and I looked at your map, and you're covering a lot of territory, even with even outside of Kawartha Lakes. What have you learned about the community just driving? these roads that you probably might not have explored otherwise
5: i heard about all those community uh, uh years back you know when customers will show up in the store and say oh i live in janetville i could not have put it on the map oh i live in uh, in um in uh, in, uh, in beaverton i mean all all those places uh county pool you name it, i never went before and then some of them are very very nice huh. so what's it like uh, for you
1: to, to explore all these places now and, and be introduced to you know your community where
5: you live that was a big bonus, and that was such a bonus uh, uh, all winter. Since I, as we open new routes, I was I was discovering new places, and it's such a that's such a blast. Yeah, driving around and and, 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 and the prize is at the end when you reach the customer. You always you always found a great smile.
1: Thanks for listening to the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. You can catch up on previous episodes, there's like almost 30 of them now, by subscribing to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or by going to lindsayadvocate.ca. Always free, thanks to our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. For all your legal needs, contact them at wardlegal.ca. <music> Walk past the brand new water park outside its front entrance and past the gymnasium and the sports gear and the ping pong tables on the inside and you will eventually come to a very professional recording studio. Various guitars and keyboards and other instruments at the ready. The Boys and Girls Club of Lindsay's Youth Music Makers program offers kids a 10-week program where they can learn everything from songwriting to production. Done virtually right now but poised for in-person instruction when it's safe to do so. The cost is $75, but assistance is available for those in need. Now, this program has long interested and, frankly, intrigued me. It's, It's a fascinating idea, right? Which is why I recently spoke to the club's executive director, Amy Terrell, about it, as well as the club's music program supervisor and member of the band Heaps, Warren Frank, and of course, I have to talk to a student, a recent student and drummer, 15-year-old Quade Virgo. Oh, and, and the music you're listening to right now—that's an original song called "Let It Rise or Let It Fall," produced in the club studios, featuring Quade on drums and Kevin Maybe on vocals. <laughs>
6: So it started a number of years ago, and there were two generous donors from the community, uh, Bill Jay and Dr. Morley Coombs, who brought the concept to the club. And and then there was some support from the Cortha Lakes Community Futures Development Corporation. The idea behind it, the vision, was about giving kids the opportunity to explore music for all those... Um, all those reasons that, that, you know, music is so amazing for creativity, for mental health, for uh, cognitive learning. So it's not it's not just about having fun, although that's a great side benefit.
7: First few days, I was a little bit iffy about it just because I wasn't really, I didn't really know what to expect. But after a couple of days i got got used to got used to it got used to the people there and i started becoming more comfortable with everything yeah that kind of got me to where i am right now where i'm a lot more confident with a lot
8: you know multiple times i was really taken aback by how willing these kids were to be vulnerable and to just put out ideas why did that surprise you It's a scary thing. It's a scary thing for anyone to say, here's what I wrote. Here's my thoughts. You know, here's me trying to sing. And once we got past those initial hurdles, they were just, they just dove in. It was a rush. Like, I remember talking with my supervisor afterwards. Like, I can't believe that. Did you see, you know, when when Kevin just started editing the Google Doc lyrics and, and when Owen created that guitar line? It's just fun to jam with your friends. And then when you're doing it and you can see... With these kids, and you see confidence building, and trying new things. It's a different experience as a whole. It's a
6: safe place. It's a place where they get mentorship and learning, and why not incorporate um, a music studio as part of that?
7: When I learned that this program existed, I was still in that phase where I was, you know, really sad and didn't really have any friends here. So I'm just like. Hey, music's here. I, I like learning music. I never really had any opportunity to to learn anything about drums and all that. Um, so maybe I can kill two birds with one stone and learn learn how to play drums, and also maybe uh, get some new friends. Just getting it in the mix, I just couldn't stop from smiling.
8: You know, it's this group effort that we've done together, but you're, it's also representative of how they've grown through the process so yeah
6: seeing those kids who you know what maybe other things don't light them up like they're not into sports and physical activity and here was a an entirely new outlet kids who had never set foot in our doors before had been had come in through music into our program and then were able to benefit from so many other supports
7: i feel like the the program helped me boost my confidence because it it's kind of an area where it's kind of a no-judge zone, mm. so you can really do whatever, whatever you want, and, you know, you can get feedback, but, you know, people aren't going to be berating you like I always thought I would be when I spoke up. I think what I'm fortunate to be able to do
8: is just go, if I was in their shoes, how would I learn? It's not going to be if I teach them the entire theory book because... I could sit there for an hour every week and and just go through theory. They're not going to take that away. What we're trying to do here is provide a little bit of the technical skills, but mostly build confidence, right? That's how we'll succeed. And fortunately, that's just something I'm passionate about. I, I love the
6: people learn in different ways and so music is um, such a great path to that giving kids the tools to express themselves right now especially I mean look at the the impacts of COVID on young people's mental health and and not necessarily having the tools to to put their their concerns or their fears to to words sometimes music can be that outlet
1: Supergirl. You've got some peers in the room with you who are all working together
7: towards this common goal of, of putting together a, a song. What was that like? It felt nice to hear other people's opinions other than mine. And How come? Uh, tell me uh, what, about that. Why did that feel good? Just because normally I would just, you know, play along to something and I, I wouldn't really know what it, what, it soo- what it sounds like and what other people think they helped me learn what it's, you know, like, like to drum, because whenever I, I would, you know, propose something, something like maybe a lyric change, may, maybe like a drum drum noise, they would always, you know, hand in their opinion on it. And I, I always liked that because it, it just feels nice to have someone else's opinion.
6: One of the highlights uh, in our first year was one of our open mic nights and seeing kids Get up there um, on stage here at the warehouse in front of an audience of uh, supporters because they were other kids they'd been in program with or kids that come to the warehouse for other uh, programs and other reasons, staff, some community members, and you know, setting aside their fears and performing sometimes songs that they had written themselves in a very short period of time. It was the level of acceptance and encouragement in the room which was really exciting
8: you can't expediate the process you have to do it you have to try and you have to be vulnerable and i think that that is you know that's a must in creation but it's also teaching them in life i do think it's going beyond just songwriting i think it's Letting them know that, you know, their thoughts and opinions are valuable, no matter what.
3: The, snow is coming down in the,
5: winter snow
1: the song that we're hearing in the background that uh, that you played a major part in, what's it like when
7: you hear that song? It just felt like I accomplished something, being, being in, you know, a, a big project, a big song with somebody, because... It's hard to run a one-person band.
1: What do you think you've learned beyond the actual part of being a a
7: recorded, a recording musician? You shouldn't really focus on one thing, you know, other people are there, other people can do those things that you're not really good at. That's really applied to everything, not just music. People always, always have negative qualities and people always have positive qualities and People with those negative qualities can, you know, make friendships with people who have positive qualities. So when when you two, you know, get together and do something, you kind of just, you know, everything flows well.
1: To learn more about the Youth Music Makers program, contact the Boys and Girls Club in Lindsay. The cost is $75, but as we noted, there is assistance available for those in need. And hey, who's to say that this unique program isn't already grooming the next Warren Frank or Tanner Paré or Luke Shaw or Freddie Kwan of heaps. Just maybe one of these kids will create a song as great as this one from their new CD available also on vinyl. What is heaps? This is heaps with Get It Back. From their brand new CD and album. Yes, it's even available on vinyl. Cool, right? That is Heaps with Get It Back. Get their new album slash CD by going to whatisheaps.com. Big thanks to Advocate Associate Editor Nancy Payne for her help in producing today's program and, and also lending her comic voice to our opening sketch, which was hilarious, right? As always, a big shout out to our official sponsor, Wards Lawyers. Carissa and Jason and their team, well, they're the reason you can listen to and stream us for free. Please consider subscribing to the program on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our musical bridges and theme music were written and performed by Lindsay's own, the very talented Gerald Van Halteren. If you go to episode 26, you'll hear how all of that came about, those musical bridges and stuff. It's really cool. The Advocate Podcast Stories from Quartha Lakes is produced and hosted by me, Denis Grignel. Okay, I'm going to go dig into one of those croissants Mikael just delivered because uh, I'm all about supporting local and also eating great croissants. Stay safe. Hang in there. We're back in a few weeks.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. À bientôt. Salut. Bye-bye. Au revoir.